Thank you for downloading this man-to-man podcast from Awakened Heart Ministries. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Dr. Scott Engelman and the Awakened Heart Ministries team on our website at ahm4.life. Everybody's asking, what is a woman? A good question, but not the first question we should be asking. Because the biblical creation account tells us the woman was created from the side of the man. Our first question should be, what is a man? Why? Because if we don't accurately answer the man question, then we have no hope of getting the woman question right. So then, what is a man? Our woke culture is offering us their answer, leaving men confused and feeling guilty. Whatever a man is, we are told it's not good. Yet when God created man, God said what he made was good. And if that's what God said, exactly what is good about manhood? What did God create a man to be, and why did God make him the way he did? If you're curious about the answer, then join us in our new series as we seek to answer this all-important question from God's Word, focusing special attention on what this will mean for you as a man as you engage your world from your unique masculine design and creational purpose. Good morning and welcome to Connect. If you're new here, I want to give you a special welcome. My name is Scott Engelman. I'm the president of Awaken Heart. I think we've been around uh, for about uh, 20 years or so. Our office is down in the first floor, 148. And our commitment is to give men hope and direction in a confusing world through the Lord Jesus Christ. And our, our purpose this morning is to give hope and direction through biblical teaching. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. Where we're going, Mark shared, is we're going to be in session uh, number two of our series, What is a Man? The most important question a man not should answer, but must answer. We have to answer this question, guys. Now, the purpose of the series, why we're sharing this, is to challenge men, to challenge you and me as men, to accept our responsibility before God to become the men God created and calls us to be. That's our purpose for this series, that we would accept the responsibility that God has given us to be men. Now, why this? Well, one reason. The world is falling apart, isn't it? And it's falling apart for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is it's falling apart because the world was made to need men. God created the world and he put men in the world to continue to shape it and form it and tame it and develop it into a place where people can thrive. And to do that, he made us as men to be men with moral character, to be men of moral clarity, to be men of moral courage, and to be men with moral resolve. And guys, we lack that in our men today. The world is falling apart because it doesn't have those kind of men. The world needs men to speak into the moral chaos of our day in the same way that the prophet Isaiah did in his day. 
You may be familiar with this passage, Isaiah 5.20. It says, Woe to you who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, you don't have to look at very much news or be around very much to see that this is exactly what's going on today, isn't it? We live in a culture that is morally corrupt and decaying, that calls evil good and good evil, that says this is light when it's darkness, and says this is darkness when it's light. For example, moral clarity translated into our day, in other words, something that Isaiah may, we may hear him say if he was living today, might be something like this. There are only two genders. That's moral clarity. Moral clarity says gender is only recognized at birth, not assigned. Men cannot become women or women become men. That's moral clarity. Moral clarity says a trans woman is not a woman, only a disfigured man. Marriage is between a man and a woman, not between a woman and a woman and a man and a man. As Doug Wilson says, that's not marriage, that's a mirage. Abortion is the state-sanctioned murder of a human being. Moral clarity says fathers are necessary in the home. They're not just a nice option. It says that parents have authority over their kids, not the state or the school. Kids at drag queen events are being sexually groomed and abused. There is neither your truth or my truth, only the truth. The actions of Hamas and Israel are not morally equivalent actions. Moral clarity says, speaking with moral clarity is not hate speech nor any other cultural sin. Guys, we need those kind of men, men with moral clarity, who speak into the moral courage or moral chaos with moral courage. And they continue to do it with moral resolve. But if that's the kind of man you are or you want to be, and that's the kind of men the world needs, then beware of this. Our culture will vilify any man who speaks and acts with moral clarity and moral courage. It will. You can't convince the culture to believe what you believe when it comes to moral clarity. For example, you may remember this. On May 1st, 2023, there was a young man who risked his safety, remember that, to protect fellow subway riders in New York City from the violence that was being threatened to all of them by another young man. Now, both young men exercised masculine strength. One, to threaten life. The other one, to what? Preserve life. Which one was morally vilified by the culture? Remember? The young man with moral clarity and moral courage. In fact, I heard just yesterday he's facing a possibility of 19 years in prison. Men who speak with moral clarity, men who move into the culture with moral courage, they will be vilified.
by the culture. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, when they accuse you of evil and all sorts of things because of me, don't be surprised because that's going to happen, but instead rejoice. So with all that in mind, in a world that's lacking moral clarity and needs men with moral clarity, where are we going in this series? Well, we're going to take this in three parts. Number one, we're going to look in terms of what is a man. We're going to look at our original design. And we're going to ask the question here, what are men for? What are men for? What are you for as a man? What am I for as a man? Then secondly, we're going to look at our current state. We're going to ask the question here, why do men struggle? And then thirdly, we're going to look at our larger hope as men. And we're going to ask the question, can a man really change? Can you really change as a man? And when we look at our original design, ask the question, what are men for? We're going to see that men are built to bless, and we're going to see this because out of the creation story. We're going to go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and look at what the Bible says about our origin as a man. And then when we ask the question, why do men struggle, and consider our current state, we're going to see that men internally are all confused and afraid. Why? Because of the story of the fall. It affects all men the same. It manifests itself in different ways, but it produces in men a certain confusion and a certain fear. And then when we look at our larger hope and we ask the question, can men really change? We're going to see, yes, it is possible. Men can be uh, changed as they begin to have their design restored. And here we're going to look at the story of the gospel, which is more than just a story about going to heaven when you die. It's the story of heaven coming back to earth and God making all things new, including who we are as men made in his image. Now, if you were here last time, you might remember that we looked at the foundations of manhood. If we're going to understand manhood, we've got to understand that there's a foundation that we build that on. And we said that there are two different kinds of foundations that will shape our answer of how we, ask, how we answer the question, what is a man? Remember that? The two foundations. The first one is the foundation of the secular culture. And the secular culture tells us that your identity, your personal identity, has nothing to do with your biological male body. Why? Because it says that you are not your body. It says that your body, your male body is toxic. It tells us that our male body is only temporary. You're here today and gone tomorrow. And it says that your male body is just an accident. It's just a product of evolution. So it has no purpose, no meaning, nothing sacred or valuable to it. Contrast that with the biblical theology foundation, which the Bible tells us that God's design of your male body informs your masculine identity. In other words, when you look at your body, you can get an idea of what it means to be a man. God shaped and formed your body in concord with your masculine identity. Um, The Bible says you are your body. 
you, you have a soul, but you also have a body. And it's not that you are a soul contained in a body, but you are a body and soul combined. You're an embodied soul. You're an ensouled body. Then we saw that your body is good. Remember, God made man in his image in Genesis 1 and 2, and God said it was what? It was good. And your male body is forever. It's not just here today and gone tomorrow. And why do we know that? Because someday God is going to resurrect, not your spirit. Your spirit, when you die, your spirit or your soul goes to be with Jesus, but your body goes in the ground. But that's subhuman. Because uh, to be fully human is an embodied soul. So God is going to raise not just your body, but your male body. It's forever. And why is it forever? Well, one reason, because your male body is sacred. 1 Corinthians 6 says it was made not for you, not for sexual immorality. It was made for who? The Lord and for his purposes. And so what we said last time is how we answer the question, what is a man, will be shaped uh, by the foundation we build our life on. The secular foundation will give you one answer for what it means to be a man, and the biblical foundation will give you a completely different answer. If you weren't here last time, you can go back, you can go and see what we talked about uh, on our YouTube channel. So today, what we want to do, we want to build on all of this by just kind of beginning, launching, springboarding into another question. Another question that our culture is struggling to ask. In fact, it's more of a a more well-known question than the question, what is a man? Can you get it? What is a what is a woman? Yeah. And um, in Matt Walsh's book, What is a Woman? These are some of the answers that uh, in, in interviewing people that uh, he came up with. He asked uh, people, what is a woman? And some of the answers were, I don't know how to answer that. Another one was, I can't answer that. I'm a, not a biologist. Another one was, uh, anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. Another one, someone that likes to be pretty and think of themselves as delicate. Anybody here that think of themselves as pretty and delicate? Well, if so, then you're in the wrong group, okay, because this is a men's group. Not saying men can't be pretty or men can't be delicate, but if that's how you think of yourself, don't think of yourself as a woman, okay? And only people who are women can know what a woman is. That's like saying only people who've had heart attacks can know what a heart attack is. I've never had a heart attack, but I know what they're like. I can tell you what a heart attack is. Now, with all this kind of crazy, strange answers, we come up with things like um, pregnant men and um, uh, women with penises. And you have the tuck bathing suits. I mean, all this moral confusion and moral chaos. We need men with moral clarity and men with moral courage who can say there are no such thing as pregnant men and women do not have penises. But instead, too often, we are just silent and say nothing. 
So what's my thesis this morning? Well, while what is a woman is an important question, it's not the first question that you and I should be asking. What's the first question? What is a man? That's the question that's more important. And it's more important not just for men, but it's more important for humanity. Why? Well, because... Not because men are superior than women or men are more important than women. We see in the Bible that men and women are created to image God equally, but to reflect him differently. Then why is this, what is a man, the more important question? Well, because of our theology of the body. Remember, if we go back to the creation story, what was the woman created from? Remember? She was created from who? The flesh of the man. And the man was created from the dirt of the ground. Now, if the woman was created from the man because the man didn't have someone that corresponded to him like the animals had, so God makes him go to sleep, he creates the woman from his flesh, and then he presents to the man, the woman. And remember how the man uh, describes the woman? What does he declare when he sees the woman? This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. What's that? Just another way of saying. She's identified with me. From who does the woman derive her identity? From the man. And if that's true, and I believe it is based on a biblical theology of the body, you see why that's so important? If that's true, then to rightly answer the woman question, we must first answer the man question. So while everybody is asking what is a woman, the more important question that we need to answer first, not a matter of superiority, but a matter of ontology, is what? What is a man? And so, if we're going to answer that question, we want to look at the Scriptures. And we want to look at the Scriptures because we believe the Scriptures are our source of authority that tells us about life, what's, what life is, what it's supposed to be about, what's wrong with it, and how life can be repaired. And so, we're going to the Scriptures to answer that question. And the key passage that we're going to build on is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And this is what it says. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, act like what? Men, be strong. Now, I'm going to make an observation from the text. The phrase, act like men, lexically that could be translated, be manly, or it could also be translated, be men of courage. Now, lexically, act like men, be manly, be men of courage. That's all the way of saying it. But grammatically, I want you to notice something. Grammatically, in the Greek, which the New Testament was written in, where this comes from, this is an imperative. And anybody know what, remember your gr- English grammar, what an imperative is? An imperative is a 
command. In other words, we are commanded to act like men in this world. It's not just a nice idea. It's not just a suggestion. Hey, if you could do this, this would be nice. This is God commanding you and me to do what? To act like men. To be manly. To be men of courage in this morally corrupt and chaotic world. In other words, acting like men is what God requires of you and me. Acting like men is what he requires of you and me. Now, notice, this Greek imperative has a logical assumption behind it. And what's that assumption? The assumption is this. The command presupposes a recognized standard. In other words, there's a way to act like a man, and there are ways what? Not to act like a man. And there is a standard that we are expected uh, or, or to know in order to do what? To be obedient to the command. You can't be obedient to a command that you don't understand what's the standard of behind the command. So here's the command, act like men, but it assumes that there is a standard of masculinity that we should know so that we can measure our level of obedience to that. Right? So here's the question. If God commands us to act like men, then there must be, then there must exist a standard to measure our obedience, right? And here's the question. What is that standard, and where does it come from? What does it mean to be a man, not just what I think, but what God tells us masculinity is? We're going to answer that question. We're going to come back from a break. We hope that Scott's message today has encouraged you and helped you to better understand how God intended the power he gave us to be used. Please visit our website at ahm4.life and click on the Resources tab. There you will see the Man to Man podcast and other resources we have available. At AHM, our mission is to provide hope and direction to men in a confusing world through Jesus Christ. Please continue to keep our ministry in your prayers. If you would like to donate to our efforts, visit our website and click on the Giving tab. Man to Man podcasts are provided by Awakened Heart Ministries located in Troy, Michigan.